Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast at digitallydownloaded.net. My name is Alan, and I'm going to be your host for this fine whatever it is for you. Uh, we've also got Matt, who is the editor-in-chief of digitallydownloaded.net here. He's currently in Japan, though. Matt, what's it like on the other side of the world? It's good. Yes. <laughs> it's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very good. That's incredibly descriptive. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. And we also have Trent as well. Yes. Hello. Hello, Trent. How are you? Good. I've accidentally arranged sportball events. Oh, no. That's good. That's yeah. a good oh, thing yes. to arrange. It's, it's that day back in it's the most today. wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Um, yeah, it's, yes. it's grand final day. That's yes. pretty exciting to everyone who knows what that is. And just wants to have an excuse to have drinks on an afternoon and not be judged as an alcoholic. We um, should say it's uh, AFL Grand Final Day because a lot of people oh, who are yeah. not in Australia might not know what we're talking about. AFL basically being Australia's religion. Yeah, in Australia, it's a long weekend. So, you know, you don't need AFL to be drunk as an excuse. You can get drunk anyway because it's AFL. I'm um, not AFL. Because it's long. It's a long weekend. You know, you don't have to do anything. You can just sit around. People won't judge. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so some little newsy, newsy news that we have this week. Um, I'm going to start it all off with talking about Sony finally caving to Fortnite's pressure, which is fantastic. Because now we have four, uh, we have uh, crossplay for Fortnite only, which hopefully is the gateway to further crossplay. But Sony, being Sony, will be probably quite resistant to that. Um, yeah, I, I see zero problems with this. I think it's a good thing. Larger player bases, larger everything. Not like Fortnite needs a larger player base, but you know, it's good. Well, I mean, it does mean more people will play Fortnite, which is not good. <laughs> it's... <laughs> hopefully it goes to games like rocket league which is actually good or minecraft which is also good and last uh, generation's fad but you're just gonna say like... the last jedi <laughs> can't wait to cross play last jedi on my ps4 armello armello is great armello yes. and everything now they came out on switch this week i saw that's quite nice so have that cross play everywhere that would be good because armello is great very great. Yeah. Uh, what, what's something that stood out to you, Matt? I'll say, Ormelo, I haven't been following the news so much this week. I've been road tripping around Japan. So, um, yeah, I've been really out of it. So, I'll just say, Armelo is out on Switch, and that makes me happy because that's a very good game and it's Aussie a great game, game and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I spent I'm... a lot of hours playing that and just being really angry. I'll I'll be playing it a lot because I can't watch the AFL final, so I need to do something Aussie. I'll play that. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll I'll accept that. I'll accept your apology. I require a note, however. <laughs> and Trent, <laughs> Trent, what do you what do you think is a big thing for this week? This big thing for this week? Well, like Matt, I haven't actually been following the news. So I'm going to say the fact that there was a video game category on Jeopardy and everyone just flunked it and didn't know anything about video games. I'm happy to hear that. Is this another thing of like, what is Donkey Kang? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, oh, not, yeah. but modernized to like the current generation of uh, bad video games. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, with that, we're going to head to some music and then come back and talk about some TGS stuff with Matt.
And welcome back. It was a very sing-songy for a very sing-songy morning. Um, Matt's been in TGS. I mean, he's been in, in Japan, but he's also been in TGS as well, I guess. Um, and so, as such, Matt's going to tell us all about what he saw and what what glorious games he's found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I guess it's a little bit older now <laughs> by the time you listen to this podcast, but um, it, it was really good to see all the stuff happening at TGS um, and 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 all the good stuff. Um, what can I start with? I guess the in, the indie section was really good this year. Really big, huge. They'd be building that up a little bit, bit by bit, I guess. But mm. um, this year there was it was really really big. Took up about oh about a 
quarter of one of the halls, which is, which is, um, I mean, it's hard to put in perspective, I guess, if you haven't been there, but that's grown probably at least uh, doubled in size since the first year I went to TGS. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's been supported by both Sony and Nintendo. Usually every year where I go, uh, the, the indie section's just got these big flags kind of you know, hanging up on the roof uh, above it saying, you know, from Sony saying we love Sony and stuff um, because they obviously sponsored it and Sony loves indies and all of those taglines and most of the games that are in there, uh, um, you know, you can play on Sony consoles. Um, but this year, Nintendo seemed to, I don't know if they sponsored it or not because Nintendo doesn't usually have much to do with TGS, but there was definitely, you know, um, Nintendo flags all over the place and, a lot of the games were Switch games oh. as well, which was nice, I guess. It's good to see, you know, different consoles and stuff. And it was Microsoft presence. Microsoft. <laughs> well, Microsoft actually had, like, twice as many games. What? There. Yeah, the Xbox had, like, twice as many games there as the So Xbox. I had two games. Yeah, 40. Rather, <laughs> 40 rather than 20 um, out of, like, 1,000. So it's still a very small presence, but it was... Yeah, I, I was surprised. Microsoft didn't have anything, any direct presence there, but there was a fair few games that are coming out on the Xbox One in Japan over the next 12 months, hmm. for whatever reason. I yeah, for all four I don't people know. in Japan who own an Xbox One. Yeah, it doesn't exactly mean setting the world on fire. Um, but yeah, the, it was definitely interesting to see because this year was definitely, the, the Switch was a huge deal this year where it wasn't, as much so last year because again nintendo doesn't go to tgs so whatever presence is there is from third parties and that usually means there isn't much like through the wii u there was never any wii u games on display in that TGS. was just that was just an accurate representation of the wii u catalog though <laughs> to be fair <laughs> yeah yeah except for nintendo there wasn't much ever released anyway um but yeah this year the it, it was a very nintendo heavy thing Ooh, yeah, mm, yeah. It was it was good. It was really good to see that. Um, if you could pick one game from the show, Matt, one one video grimble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you, what would you say would be your pick of the show? Well, what do you think I would pick, Alan? Some anime game with breasts. Yeah, Dead or Alive so Five, fun. maybe. <laughs> five oh. again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what number we're up to. Six. <laughs> Six. Yes, yeah, six. Definitely, I like that one the most. Um, I think I've played it four or five times. I lined up for the demo four or five times. Oh, so you, you do like that game? I do. I'm I'm completely turned around on it um, now that I've played it. I really like it. It's really good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Because, <laughs> like, go back in time about six or so weeks. No, six weeks. Like, half a year, I think. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and you see Matt just being the most upset boy in the history of mankind. Or even probably last week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it was quite a turn on a you know, pinhead sort of thing there. Well, the thing is, they haven't actually changed that much about it. Um, it's still very much the, the Dead or Alive that I liked from Five, um, with a very similar combat system. How's the blood stuff? Obviously, I don't like the blood stuff. Yeah, you can turn the blood stuff off, which I did, which is good. But can you um, make it more gory? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it hasn't actually lost any of that yeah, other stuff which people um, complain about. <laughs> Tell me about um, that. 
<laughs> it, has, it hasn't really it hasn't really lost any of that. Uh, it's it's slightly different, I guess, in tone, because the game's got a slightly uh, more realistic aesthetic. I want to say um, it's slightly less ridiculously funny, I guess, mm. um, but it's it's still definitely a feature of the game. And I don't know. I think people who were a little bit concerned about that sort of stuff, uh, as I was. We'll probably find that there's plenty of fan service up in Dead or Alive 6. Especially once they start doing the extra costumes and stuff, because they will. We all know they will. Yeah, that's a fair call to make. <laughs> so yeah, I was very impressed with that. Um, Koei's booth in general, I'm always pretty happy with. Uh, they've also got Warriors Orochi 4 coming along, which is really good. That comes out really soon in the West too, I think. I think it's like a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I was going to and... say, I saw an ad for that recently. Yeah, and it was really good fun and should be because they've added Greek gods and Norse gods and stuff to They've added Kratos, the god of war. Yeah, no. <laughs> they have they have a little bit more taste than that, but they do have Greek uh, gods. Um I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> like Athena, I think. Uh I think I played with Athena in the demo and yeah, she was pretty powerful. Mm. She'd take she'd take Kratos pretty easily. I mean she didn't. <laughs> She but aggressively she didn't. <laughs> she would this time around. She's horribly um, dead. <laughs> <laughs> she would this time around. What else did I play? Oh, I found the um, Konami, uh, the track and field game to be surprisingly good fun. Um, which is yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird thing to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I found it to be surprisingly good fun because that was coming. That's coming out on the Switch, right? And um, oh, it's not motion controlled, is it? Yes, it is. Uh, but that's the track and field R remake thing game. Yes. Right? Yes. yes, yes. So for a bit of history, uh, way back in 1983, Konami released an arcade game called Track and Field, uh, which was actually Hypersports in Japan. Hypersports is so much better of a name. <laughs> it is. And it was really good. It actually was like a... Uh, it's one of those games that people who track the history of games consider to be really influential, really important and really, you know, uh, really successful game and all that. And Hypersports R, as this one's called, I guess it'll be called Track and Field R out in the West. But um, it, it is basically like a Switch update of that game. And yeah, it's really good. It's good fun. I don't know how long it'll last you, but if you play in multiplayer... Um, it can get very competitive, uh, and it works. I don't know. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I love the idea of it works being a really big, like positive tick. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting expecting. to see how they support it as well, because Bomberman R, for example, it came out and it didn't really have good. Uh, not a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is okay," but it's very rough around the edges. But they've updated that game so much since launch, it's almost like a brand new, completely different game. So it'll be interesting to see if there's that same um, level of support with um, Hypersports. Track and field as a service. <laughs> Track and field as a... I don't know. I was just really, yeah, I was expecting it to be terrible shovelware and it wasn't. So, um, you yeah, know, met and exceeded my expectations. Um, Konami's booth in general is always good at TGS because everybody always says Konami's a dying company and they never release any games and they haven't got any IP and all that kind of nonsense they but they always have no games <laughs> they, they always have one of the biggest booths uh, at TGS and it's always one of the most popular booths because they've got you know stuff that they don't release out in the west uh, 
that's always really popular gets big lines like the baseball one um, with the bobbleheads. Can't remember the name. Oh, of the um, Koei. No, it's te- it's Konami's um, Slam Masters or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that one. It's really popular in Japan. Really, it's got a really cute popular. little chibi boy as yes, the, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, and they always have a ginormous long lineup for uh, Love Plus, which is is that uh, their dating game simulator, which really kind of kicked off um, dating game simulators as a genre. Um, and they've got one coming out for uh, iPhone, which has VR comp- capabilities and stuff. And it's really like the lineup was at least an hour long every time I walked past it all over the weekend. Jesus. Um, all over the two days of the professional days. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really popular franchise. So Konami's booths are always really popular and really big, and uh, anybody who says Konami's dying just doesn't have a clue. I just miss the days of Time Hollow or, you know, Lost in Blue or, you know, those sort of games. Like, where was the Ko- where's the Konami of that sort of era? I guess for with the R series, you know, I'm excited to see maybe I'll do more stuff in R and bring back a lot more of those older ones, which I like. But, so that's good. <laughs> Who who knows? I mean, uh, and also before we move on really quickly to anything else, they've announced a remaster for Symphony of the Night for PS4. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very it excited. Is. That's a good game. Yeah, I, good game. I I don't bother with Sony's booths at TGS and stuff. Um, just talking about Sony because, uh, yeah, the the lineup's always too busy and it's too long there. I did find it amusing that um, Ghost of Tsushima had absolutely nobody paying attention to it. <laughs> in japan that made me laugh because that's sony pretending that they can get white boys to make a uh, game about japan that's not going to happen um and then just to finish off i guess the other one i really wanted to mention was earth defense force iron rain which the game looks good it is so good and i'm absolutely shocked because that's d3 publisher and d3 publisher generally makes you know trash trash games (laughs) they just make trash Games that games that even fans would say are trash, like um, you know, Schoolgirls, Zombie Hunter, and and uh, Oni Chimbara, and well, oh, that's the cow, ones. that's the cowboy um, tit game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, that. Um, and and the previous Earth Defense Force games were very much like that. They were an awful lot of fun, like a lot of fun, but they were pretty trashy. But this one actually looks like they've they've put some budget into it, and it's legitimately good. It's not uh, still, just made of dust and cobwebs. <laughs> it's still not. It's still very much a kind of B-grade themed game because it's still big, giant robots and and ants and cockroaches and stuff, uh, and you've got to shoot them down in big hordes and stuff. But yeah, the production values are really quite good, and it's. Um, I, I was really impressed by it. Actually, I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to actually get my hands on the full thing. As a big fan of Earth Defense Force, it's like it's all grown up. Mm. Yeah. And I think with that, we'll go to some music. We've got some Earth Defense Force going on in here, I think. That's a good idea. To save our mother from any alien attack From vicious giant insects who have once again come back We'll unleash all our forces, we won't cut them any slack The EDFD boys Our soldiers are prepared for any alien threats The Navy launches ships the Air Force sends their jets, and nothing can withstand our fixed bayonets. The EDFD boys. Our forces have now dwindled, and we pull back to regroup. The enemy has multiplied and formed a massive group. We'd better beat these bugs before we're all turned. 
learn to soup, the EDF deploys to take down giant insects who came from outer space. We now head underground for their path we must retrace and find their giant nest and crush the queen's carapace. The EDF deploys. The Air Force and the Navy were destroyed or cast about. Scouts, rangers, wing divers have almost been wiped out. Despite all this, the infantry will stubbornly hold out. The EDF deploys. Our friends were all killed yesterday, as were our families. Today we may not make it facing these atrocities. We'll never drop our banner despite our casualties. The EDF deploys. Two days ago my brother died, next day my lover fell. Today most everyone was killed, on that we must not dwell. But we will never leave the field, we'll never say farewell. The EDF deploys. Stop that depressing crap. Then how about this song? A legendary hero soon will lead us to glory. Eight years ago he sunk the mothership, says history. Tomorrow we will follow this brave soul to victory. The EDF deploys. I'm gonna remember that. I'm gonna remember that quite a lot. That's that's my <laughs> that's my segue into into Telltale. Hooray! I mean, sad. <laughs> Um, yeah, Telltale closed, if you were not aware, and it also uh, just completely destroyed its employees for no reason and cut 250 of them without severance pay, which is great because they were hiring people up until the end of last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really sad. Um, Telltale, as a company, was probably the first major company to really do the episodic game narrative sort of thing well and i would say that they only did it well twice uh, in, <laughs> in the walking dead one and then wolf among us um yeah so um they made a bunch of adventure games such as walking dead game of thrones minecraft story mode um and borderlands borderlands but that was so frustrating um it's i pay it exists yeah, name an IP that exists. They were going to make a Stranger Things one as well, but that's not going to happen anymore. Um, and they basically announced on Twitter that they were shutting down completely except for a skeleton crew to finish off the end of Walking Dead Season 3, I believe. Which isn't even happening the, now. Uh, Netflix one. The Netflix, um, there's a Netflix Minecraft, and they're making that the Netflix story mode. That's what the skeleton crew is for. Yeah, they're actually not finishing the Walking Dead, Alan. Well, they're not. No. Oh, lol. All right. <laughs> Cool. That's even dumber. This is dumb. Yeah, this is. It's really, really sad because it just seems like the most incredible mismanagement on any like company's behalf. Um, and I just love their committance or committal to um, you know, doing the Netflix story mode thing, and then just deciding that instead of paying their workers and you know treating their workers like humans. They decided to finish a game. <laughs> it's like it's cool, right? This this industry isn't a total disaster. It's fine. It's yeah, I fine. mean, I mean, the thing is, they they obviously spent an awful lot of money on getting all those IPs, uh, acquiring all those IPs to turn into video games. And as far as I, I think, people have done some sleuthing. People weren't playing anything that wasn't Walking Dead, basically. Um, 
So well, you know, even then, were people playing Walking Dead? Because I stopped after season one because I was like, "This is a good contained story. I don't care anymore." Yeah, I mean, I think the numbers showed that people were still playing the Walking Dead games, but um, every, everything else they were not. And the thing about episodic games, I think, which kind of people now know, is um, if if they're not selling, unfortunately, you can't just stop. <laughs> you've got to you've got to see. Yeah. <laughs> So like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my god! Only two people have bought this game, but we've got six episodes to go. What the f- are we going to do? But they still got to finish it. So, um, make it using paint. Make it using paint. It's fine. <laughs> so I think that kind of yeah, that that's a that's a, a lot of commitment you got to throw in there. And unless you're absolutely sure it's going to be a success, it's actually hard to see that commitment through, or can be very unprofitable. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for Telltale, um, they had no other revenue streams. It was purely their, you know, adventure games. And um, uh, they all self-published, so they didn't have any financial support from publishers and all that kind of stuff either. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they just, it, it was poorly managed. And uh, unfortunately, when a company's poorly managed and it's an American company, the workers suffer because in America, labor laws are really bad. Really, yeah. really bad. And they can get away with stuff like not giving severance pay and all that kind of stuff to staff because the labor laws are that bad. Mm. Yeah, it, it just sucks. It's a really sad situation. But the coolest thing was, was mm. all the um, other companies just putting up like Telltale employees um, on Twitter. That was really yeah. nice. That was yeah. pleasant to see. It's always good to see the games industry come together at st- when stuff like that happens because they do. Um, I think... Everybody knows, especially, again, American um, development companies and people who work in them, everybody knows how crappy the environment can be. So wherever possible, they try to help each other out, which is good to see. Um, mm. But yes, I think I think Telltale is a good lesson for everybody else. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're, their games were that good anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, didn't you all enjoy playing a Game of Thrones game, which was just terrible, and then the Borderlands game, which made me want to scream? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. If you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you're going to play that game, but if you're not, you're not. So if they're making all these games with, like, IP, which is, you know, it's p- popular, but, you know, like, let's put it this way. Game of Thrones fans are probably not gamers. Like, they're probably just watching... Well, I think there's a pretty big sort of... There's yeah. a big crossover there. Yeah, but, yeah but you even... know what I mean. Like, like they're watching their, you know, HBO. They're, you know, probably more dude, bro. They're not going to play some story game for what they see on the books or the TV. Like, I was. If I they am... were going to play a Game of Thrones game, to be fair, it would have to be like a full on like Skyrim sort of thing for no, like that mainstream crowd to really enjoy that. No, oh. just just bro, I don't know the mainstream. Spider-Man. The thing is, I'm I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones, and I didn't finish that Telltale games. Um, it's because it was bad. It's bad. It's, I think it's funny that it's actually taken people, uh, the studio, to close to really start to talk about what they actually thought about those games. Because um, for the longest time, people have been like, "Yeah, you know, um, Telltale games are you know reliably good fun and all that kind of stuff," and the reviews weren't you know scathing. Um, but now that the studio's closed, people are actually now starting to talk about what they actually thought about the games, which is good because the games are terrible. Almost Except for Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead 1. They had a good start. You know, those games showed potential for what could be done with it, but, um, you know, the kind of choice-driven narrative experiences. But the 
the, they never got any better. They just kind of regressed to the point where the choices mattered less and less. And you felt like you had even less of a role in the games. And they just became very lazy in development, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep, it's, it sucks. <laughs> That's... Which is unfortunate because the developers, I'm sure there's a lot of very talented people on the development teams, but um, yeah, they weren't allowed to let their talents take flight. Um, yeah. It, it sucks. They were telltales. It's really upsetting because, you know, 250 people just lost their jobs. That's not good. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, hopefully it's okay for them. Hopefully they find jobs themselves in the future, which would be fantastic, but... Yeah. yeah, I hope I hope every single one of them finds a job. Um, but I'm personally quite glad that we'll never have to deal with Telltale Games again. <laughs> and and with that with that incredibly positive tone, uh, we'll head to some music really quickly. Um, Telltale pick, Games music. Yeah, I'll pick like the Walking Dead theme. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. And welcome back from that incredibly suspenseful little theme. Um, we're talking, finally, at the end of this podcast, about something that's just as dumb. It's really <coughs> dumb. <coughs> Matt's dying. Yeah. That's pretty unlikely. <coughs> yeah. So, um, if anyone has ever played a Total War game, you'll know that there are generally, like, generals that will be born and, like, you'll have in your armies and that sort of thing. Um, apparently, women do not exist in Roman times. <laughs> um, so uh, basically Creative Assembly added a patch a while ago to Total War Rome 2 where you could see the uh, like birth generation rates for generals. And people shit the bed over this. This is the end of the world. Like This is the problem that society needs to face instantly women generals in armies that had women generals in the past. 
um yeah so if you were on twitter at all you would have seen the shit show of you know 30 plus year old men screaming because they have women generals in you know armies which is it's just yeah it's great it, it's a, it's really weird because uh firstly the patch is like six months old um and it's just come to light now because some player because the the nature of things uh male and female generals are randomly generated by this game uh not the historical ones obviously the the kind of the the no-name ones that the game comes up with um when it's you know randomly created in character and um through pure luck of the the randomization process some dude ended up with a mix of male and female generals which was basically 50 percent. so 50 percent of them were male 50 percent of them were female and he threw a massive tantrum about this and uh, because it wasn't historically authentic or some crap. And um, the Creative Assembly people, he did that, uh, he, he threw his tantrum on, I think, their forums, and Creative Assembly sent a message back to say, well, um, you know, use a mod if you don't want to have women generals in your game or um, play something else. And that really set people off. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they've since review bombed it, so now... The previously positive review scores uh, from you know, user reviews on Steam and whatnot have been turned into quite negative ones. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's so strange. It's almost like a game where you can change the course of history by conquering the entire ancient world as like Mesopotamia. Well, it's, it doesn't make is, sense. It, it, it was... <laughs> I, okay, I think... Historically speaking, there were not that many female generals in the Roman army. Okay, so... If you're making a completely realistic game, then yes, you wouldn't have so many female generals. But Total War's never been <laughs> realistic. It's been uh, authentic, which is a different thing entirely. And um, they've they've gone out of their way to kind of make the scenarios and all that kind of true to true to history. But they've always taken creative uh, liberties in terms of how they represent the history. And I don't see any reason why one of those creative liberties can't be to have female generals as well as male generals. It makes no sense to me uh, to complain about this, but people do. I don't know why. It confuses um, me greatly. I'm going to butcher her name, but uh, Bodacia? Is that how you say her name? I literally, English names confuse me. Um, uh, she was pretty big, and she still has statues in England. And she yeah, there were, there were certainly... There were certainly <laughs> People um, are getting mad over things that actually would have happened. There are certainly um, female. There were certainly female uh, military people in the back of those days, especially um, Rome's enemies, the the Celts and yeah, uh, various other rivals. They often used women in their armies because they just didn't have the numbers otherwise to to field an army. So uh, the women needed to fight as well, and they did. They, they, they did it very well. So, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't understand why people would complain about historical realism in a game that's firstly not historical, historically realistic. And then the only thing that they're complaining about happens to be the presence of women in the game uh, and not everything else that's historically inaccurate about Total War and whatnot. Um, I would like to read a tweet that I have found. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, 
Although I spent more than 1,400 hours on your games, none of your games attract me anymore. Okay. I've played Paradox games, and I don't think I can ever get back to your games. You are destroying Total War. <laughs> like, cool. Like, this is the sort of person who's upset about women generals. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Paradox, Paradox's games, I assume... And they're just as, like... Well, well, the other thing is Paradox games do have the ultra-realistic kind of setting um, where you can, where you can, um, you know, uh, everything's trying to uh, try to simulate down to the the most finite detail, the actual realist, the the, the real history. And that's fine. That's exactly, if he wants to play that game, he can play a Paradox game. That's what the Total War person was saying. If you don't like our game, play something else. So, yeah. Why complain about it? There's a lot of games I don't like. I don't play them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like that you can solve the problem. <clears throat> um, yeah. I think... I want to end off with a wonderful article that I found by Pointing Clickbait, um, which is titled Total War Player Review Bomb's Own Wife After She Gives Birth to Historically Inaccurate Number of Daughters. <laughs> It's perfect. Uh, those guys are great. They're Point clickbait. They're yeah. the onion. They're the onion of video games. But um, and just like the onion, they're often the most the most correct reporting. Most yeah, yeah the most accurate articles. reporting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So honestly, if you have a problem with Total War having women, you're wrong. Just go. <laughs> yeah, just play. Just play something else. Just well, the thing is that go spend your time doing something happy. <laughs> go outside. <laughs> I just, I don't understand because it's so obvious they don't actually care about the history anyway. Yeah. Yeah. They because they've done it. high they school, about... they did year 10 history and just assumed that that's what history is. <laughs> if, if even that, they just don't care about it. It's just like this convenient excuse to have a go at having women characters in a video game. But if they cared about the history, they wouldn't care. I don't think any historian would care about women generals in total. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, with that, it's... We don't total think we have music. Total War. Yeah, total War. Yeah, yeah, let's go Total War music. Yeah. yeah. It's a good game series. You should play it if you're not upset by women. Yeah, very good. Looking forward to it. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs>